Good afternoon, good morning, good day, good night, depending on where you are in the world today. Listening actively to this Zoom call or perhaps later on as an edited recording. This call is being recorded. My name is Herb and I'm an alcoholic. Welcome to our December 10th workshop. Please join me in prayer for an open mind and an open heart. God, please set aside everything that I think I know about myself, my brokenness, the 12 steps and you. For an open mind and a new experience of myself, my brokenness, the 12 steps, and especially you. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Well, we're in the second stage of the rocket launch. We've just crossed over. We made a decision. We prayed the prayer as a community in witness to that decision. And now we're fully engaged in the action. Step four, speaking of brokenness. We looked at it theoretically anyway, academically as to what it means in unmanageability. I call it the spiritual malady as Bill does in the big book. We looked at the bedevilments, which are the behavioral manifestation of the brokenness, of the unmanageability, or the spiritual malady, or as Bill calls it. I mean, laser-focused, identifying the source of our problems, the single source of our problems, is our brokenness, our self-centeredness, inherently our will will choose ourselves to our own detriment, biologically and psychologically, physiologically in terms of our material being, and emotionally in terms of our reaction to reality. And we don't know that we don't know, and we can't see that we don't see, and we defend our self-will with a death grip, thinking that that's really about independence and self-reliance, when in fact it's really just the opposite. It's about delusion and resistance. So we prayed the prayer on page 63, and then we <clears throat> began taking a look at the instructions. Now, Bill begins a big picture. He takes the big canvas out. 
for the step process. The deflation of the ego takes place in steps four through nine. Stage one was the rocket launch, steps one, two, and three. An experience of no power and need for power and an experience that we made a decision about power and for our relationship with power. But now we're going to take a look at the clouds in us to the sunlight that is in us. Please embrace that image. It will really help guide you through this process. The light in me is real. It's at my very center. The light, the sunlight of the spirit, Bill calls it. Doesn't matter what you call it, but I like the poetry of it. The sunlight of the spirit and the clouds in us are the self-centeredness and the fruit of that root. Remember he said on page 62, selfishness, self-centeredness is the root. Well, we can't see the root, it's all covered up. We have to dig away all of the debris in order to actually identify the source, the self-centeredness. And what's, what's coming out of the root is the trunk of the tree, us. And the branches and the fruit. And if you look in the way of life document at the beginning of step four, you'll see that tree. Self-centeredness at the foundation, the root and the fruit of the root. Resentment, fear, and dishonesty. That's the fruit of the root. It's a source of problems, but it's not the source of the problem. The source of the problem is our self-centeredness, but the manifestation in us in terms of our behavior and the things that we can see visibly and deal with, at least in the beginning, is our anger and our fear and our hiding in secrets. In the 12 and 12, he gives us a wonderful different model that helps me crack the code even deeper as to the skeleton or underlying understanding of uh, this, these issues. He uses the term instincts gone awry. Hmm. Those of you who had some biology or maybe some physiology, you know about instincts. They're, they're survival instincts at the brain stem level, that very first brain of ours. We have three brains that were developed in evolution over millions, maybe longer, of years. That brain stem gave us the ability to survive biologically. It tells us when we're thirsty and we're hungry and we need to mate in order to propagate the species. We call it the lizard brain. Instinct. Fight, flight, freeze. Please make a note of that. Fight, flight, freeze. Because then when the next level of evolution developed our midbrain, our limbic system, those biological instincts turn into emotions. Fight turns into anger. Flight turns into fear. 
freeze turns into hiding, camouflage, dishonesty. It's an interesting insight. It really explains that this is so human. This process is built exactly for us. And Bill says, then we look at anger as it's held resentment. There's synonyms. There's nothing wrong with anger. That's a survival instinct at the biological and the psychological level. But there's a lot wrong with resentment, which is anger held. I'll make it up for more than 24 hours. I just made it up. It's not in the big book. It's not science. But let's just assume for conversation's sake that that's a good definition of unhealthy anger is anger that's held more than 24 hours. Oh, wow. Most of you, if you've not done this work, you've got anger that's been there for 24 days, 24 months, or 24 years. And you've attempted to deal with it in therapy, and you've attempted to deal with it in human development, and you've attempted to deal with it in your religious tradition. And it may have taken some of the edge off. It may have really helped a lot. And then again, if you're still feeling it, not so much permanently. Anger held is resentment. Fear held is the next category, an emotion of fear, along with the instinct of <clears throat> flight. It's a survival instinct. But when it becomes anxiety or all hundred forms, Bill says, of fear, then it's unhealthy and it destroys the quality of, your, of our life and even our life itself, both anger and fear. The science is in. It's conclusive. That kind of stress from anger, that kind of stress from fear will eventually kill us heart attacks, cancer, strokes, depression, suicide. Yeah. And if you've not experienced it to any of those extents, you know plenty of people that have. It's very real for us. It's very practical. It's very experiential. One of my most favorite insights though was the instinct of freeze to explain another development in the emotional and in the practical, in the behavioral. My dishonesty, my holding secrets, my misrepresenting myself, that's the freeze. If I can't fight to survive, and if I can't run to survive, then I'll just hunker down and attempt to pretend to fit in. You see, that's my central character defect. I'm a chameleon. If I'm in a green environment, I will turn green. If I'm in a yellow environment, I will turn yellow, figuratively speaking, to fit in so that I'm safe. I won't be criticized. I won't be made fun of. In fact, maybe if I have a nice bright color of yellow, I'll even be admired. I mean, you get the feel of the metaphor I'm using. 
And I call that dishonesty because I'm misrepresenting myself. In part of my psychology studies, I looked at personality studies. <clears throat> fascinating, fascinating. Each of us built so differently and formed so differently. Some of us deformed very uniquely. Some of us are anger-based people. That's the lenses through which we look at reality. Some of us are fear-based people. That's the dominant lens through which we look at reality. And some of us are dishonest or freeze-based personalities. Our first reaction is to hunker down and camouflage ourselves so that we don't stand out. We're not going to be eaten by the saber tooth. We're not going to be beaten by the parent because we're invisible. Or in fact, we're so valuable to them. Talk about the raising of codependency. It's amazing insight. I happen to be a shame-based person, the person who hides. As a predominant, each one of us has all three. This is way outside the big book, and yet it's really reinforcing our approach to step four and giving sort of the value to it and the biggest picture, the biggest canvas that I can paint for you so that you have a roadmap of where we're going. We're going to spend a lot of time on anger and resentment. Bill says here on page 64, 63, first of all, we launched out on a course of a vigorous action. That's four through nine. The first step of which is a personal house cleaning. That's step four, of course. That first step into the deflation of the ego at depth. That first step into the dismantling of the false self. That first step into the deconstruction of the survival cinder block wall that we built to protect ourselves Hear me, hear the words, cinder block wall that we built to protect ourselves. And after it was built, we realized it was a prison at some point. Yes, it provided safety at a certain point, but it outgrew its usefulness someplace in our transition to adulthood. Though our decision, step three, was vital, page 64, coming from the Latin word vitae, life, life-giving, and crucial coming from the Latin word cruce, meaning crossroads. It could have little permanent effect, meaning it will have a temporary effect. Some of you had a really nice glow, perhaps, experience when you prepared for and uh, in community prayed that third step prayer. And some of you had nothing. It was kind of like ho-hum, boring time. Let's get on with it. And some of you may have even had a negative experience with it. Each one's different uh, because you're at a different place in your own journey. It won't have any permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort. That jackhammer word, Bill has a tendency in a literary style to use that adjective or adverb to really pound it. Strenuous effort to face meaning to name and to be rid of meaning to take action all of the steps and take a look at them. There's a illustration in just after step 12 
of the dynamic of the step process, which shows in an illustration form, a schema form, a picture form, that all of the even steps are naming steps and all of the odd steps are decision and action steps. I'm not gonna spend any time on that, but you might want to. Because again, it gives us this total huge canvas of a picture of our journey, a roadmap. All of the even steps are naming steps. All of the odd steps are decision and action steps. Because that's how we're built as human beings. We have a mind that names things and we have a will that makes decision to take voluntary actions. Nothing happens until we know better, but knowing better doesn't mean that we do better. We need to know better and then begin to do better with our free will and our actions, which had been blocking us. Well, uh, that's how I opened up the cloud and the sunlight, the cloud in me, anger and fear and dishonesty, the clouds in me block the sunlight that is in me. It's already there. God doesn't come and go. Notice what step 11 says, improve our conscious contact. The implication is we're already in constant contact. That was the decision we made in steps two and three, that we have constant contact. And we're going to work on improving that to a conscious contact. A nice play with the words, by the way. Our liquor is a symptom. The addiction is not the problem. First half of step one, we're done. We haven't looked at that for a long time because we're focused on the spiritual malady and uh, the need for power. So we have to get down to causes and conditions. This is what we talk about the root and an analytical process, causes and conditions. You will be challenged to think very deeply here, to feel very deeply here in this whole process of step four. Doable by everybody. This is my 25th year of doing it in a group. I've never had anybody not be able to follow the bouncing ball and do the work and have an experience. If you're willing to do the work, you won't have the experience if you don't do the work. And I'm not saying perfectly at all. I'm saying to the best of your ability. That's as good as it gets, the best of your ability, knowing that you can't even do the best of your ability, and that's okay too. We started upon a personal inventory. It's a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. Again, naming and acting. Fact-finding, fact-facing. It's an effort to discover the truth. Notice how positive this is. There's no destructive, judgmental, negative beating ourselves up here. This is not an inventory of uh, punishment. This is like going to your cupboard before you go to the grocery store. What don't I have that I need? Oh, a box of cereal, some toilet paper, some salt and pepper, and some pasta. I just made it up. But there's no judgment there. It's just what I need to get when I go to the store. That's what this is. This is an inventory. You're looking at your deficiencies as manifest in your behavior. 
Now, each of us will judge it. Each of us will have regrets. Each of us will have sadness about it and some guilt and shame. And guilt and shame in this sense are very healthy. If you're a bank robber, you're guilty of robbing banks. Guilt is the negative feeling I have about what I did. Shame is the negative feeling about who I am in myself. There's healthy guilt and shame and there's unhealthy guilt and shame and you will be addressing both. Well, at least I'll invite you to. One object is to disclose damaged and unsaleable goods to get rid of them without regret. We need to not fool ourselves about values. You hear the key words here. Fact finding, fact facing, causes and conditions, and effort to see the truth and to identify the values. We did exactly the same thing with our lives. We took honest, we took stock honestly. We searched out the flaws in our makeup. We saw that, I believe it's on page 62. So our troubles are of our own making. Selfishness and self-centeredness is the root. The flaws in our makeup. We're going to investigate how we're built through looking at how we behave and work our way into it because these flaws caused our failure. The life that we have today is the life that we built. It's very confrontational if you hear this correctly. You have right here sitting here with me. We have 130 people on this call. And I'm asking you to take a look at your own life right now, as it is right now. Your history has produced your current life and every bit of it today has been developed by your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions, and the consequences of those actions. You have exactly the life that you've built for yourself. This is the rite of passage. It's difficult into adulthood, taking full responsibility for our thoughts and our feelings and our behavior. Oh yes, many of us had family of origins or experiences in our life that were even post-traumatic syndromes, uh, uh, very, very difficult, emotional, even physical damage. Some of it was, most of it was tragic. Some of it was even criminal. And it deformed us permanently, irreparably. We can never, we can never heal it. That's true, absolutely, yep. It changed the direction of our personality. It changed the direction of our life permanently and we cannot undo our past. That is correct. Whether it was done to us or that we did it, that is correct. But what we do now is own it and deal with it. The current situation, the current thoughts, the current feelings, the current behavior. The problem is not circumstances in people today. It, it hasn't been for a long time for most of us. The problem is not circumstances, people. The problem is our reaction to circumstances and people. And you may be resisting that because it's not good news. You're 100% responsible for your life as it is today. And that may be quite challenging. But we're going to go through a process, be 
embracing and leaning into the open heart, open mind, set aside attitude and the prayers that go with it. <clears throat> we consider its common manifestations, resentment, the number one killer. From it from stem all forms of spiritual disease. Hear the model here. We have been not only mentally and physically ill, remind you of the first half of the first step. We have been spiritually sick, remind you of the second half of the first step. Absolutely, addiction dash unmanageability. Mental and physical dash spiritual. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. Oh, wow. It's not about the addiction. Oh, of course it is. But we really do need to deal with what we're not cured of, unmanageability. And this is the first step in unpacking the unmanageability source, which is our self-will manifest in resentment, self-will manifested in fear, self-will manifested in dishonesty, especially with our dysfunctional and unhealthy sexual behavior. We set them on paper. We listed people, institutions, and principles. I gave you those instructions last week, I believe, to make a list. It's just a spontaneous dump from your head and from your heart and from your gut. And then maybe more methodic, method, methodically, you can uh, take a look at uh, different periods of your life, maybe grammar school, maybe before grammar school, grammar school, high school, college, each year thereafter. Do a kind of a radar scan, especially if you haven't done this work before in terms of a step four from the big book. Or if you have done it before and you didn't have these instructions. If you've done it before, then it's looking at the period of time that last you did the step work till now. It might have been a year, it might have been five, or it might have been 10 or longer years. And then you would do a radar sweep of those intervening years if, in fact, the instructions today are the same as you had before. The second column, as illustrated on page 85, Bill tells us here on page 64, did I say 85? 65. Um, we asked ourselves why we were angry. First column is persons, institutions, and principles. And you can see how it's listed there on page 65. I call it the first column. It's not listed that way. It just says at the heading, I'm resentful at Mr. Brown, etc. That's a, This is a model of the schema I'm referring to right now. This is a warm up to the real work that we'll do and I'll, I'll be teaching you next week. Column two, it's not named that, but it is in fact the second column there on that page 65 and it says the cause. There are three reasons that this person is angry at Mr. Brown. Number one, his attention to my wife. Number two, told my wife of my mistress. Number three, Brown may get my job at the office. Notice how succinct. There's no emotion there. There's no description. There's no story. There's just the facts. Remember Jack Webb? Just the facts, all right? Very succinct. Three, four, five, six, seven words at the max. This is the model. If you need to do a catharsis because of the therapeutic need for dealing with this 
raging emotion that you might have, then take the time to do that on a blank piece of paper. Stream of consciousness writing. It's very helpful, very healthy. All right. The fourth step is not for that, but it may prompt it for you on the side. You do that, then you come back to doing the fourth step as I'm giving you instructions and as the big book models. Next week, I want you to do the, the next assignment. Um, I'll look at the book in here and tell you that in a minute. No, I'll do it right now. Uh, assignment 12, assignment 12, looking at the third column. And what I really only want you to do is on page 64 is read the balance of that page and then become familiar with the balance of page 65. All of 65, we're gonna go over it very carefully, word by word, and then take a look at the way of life document um, in terms of the third column worksheet. Please hear me. I am not asking you to complete the third column worksheet. Let me get some pages here so that we're very clear as to what we're talking about. Page 23. You can take a look at that page in light of the material on pages 63 and 64 and 65 in the big book and kind of attempt to figure out what it is going on here. But I'm going to take it line by line this worksheet next week and give you a sample from my own background as to how to do this work. This is life-changing work. I've had this form, this third column form, adopted by four therapists, clinical psychologists, and four psychiatrists. Once they saw their clients and they had the relationship with the client that revealed to them the kind of work they had done in this analytical process, they asked me for permission to use it in their practice because it penetrates the unconscious. It, re it parts the curtain primarily on our beliefs. Each of us can identify our beliefs after we have some practice, especially by listening to ourselves when we think the word should, we feel the word should, or we say the word should. I should, you should, they should, the world should. That reveals our beliefs, fill in the blank, and that will give you the beginning of an experience of knowing what it is you believe. Then you hold it up and you say, is it true? Is it even true? Do I have evidence that this, what I think should, as a belief, is actually true? I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm giving you the opportunity as a tool to become more conscious of your beliefs. As you can see, if you have your way of life document there, page 22 lists the seven capital sins. That is a model that Bill uses in chapter four in the 12 and 12. I don't refer to it, I don't use it. I love chapter four in the 12 and 12. I just don't use this seven capital sins model. Lots of people have a lot of benefit from it. Um, I, I, I've had enough of it from my Catholic tradition background and training, and I'm sure that's where Bill got it. Father Ed Dowling was a Jesuit priest that Bill engaged as his spiritual director in 1940. Bill was um, five or six years sober, had written the big book. Father Ed Dowling lived in St. Louis, was a professor 
at the University of St. Louis and read the book, the very first edition of the big book in 1940 and knew that it had been written by a very spiritual, insightful person. He went to New York, he met Bill, Bill loved him and they, Bill engaged him as his spiritual director for the next 20 years until Ed Dowling died. And uh, Ed Dowling as a Jesuit priest, uh, those are the academic green beret of the Catholic church. And, um, and of course, that's where Bill learned about the seven capital sins from the Catholic tradition. Um, it can be quite helpful for people. Um, I, I don't find it helpful for me. So now we're going to talk to some people about your questions, your concerns about beginning step four or any experiences that you have based on what we're doing now, or if you have had some other experiences that you want to ask about, that's fair game also. I've been reluctant to, to um, speak for a while, and it's because I feel like I'm an outsider. And I, every week I listen to people and they're in the, they're having this Zen experience and I'm not used to this, but I'm not. And I keep coming back and I'm meditating and I'm praying, but it's like, there's a wall herb. I just, it's not, I'm not getting it. And what fellowship uh, are you in? I'm sorry. What 12 step fellowship are you in? Uh, OA and DA. And how long have you been in those or around those fellowships? 10 years. So you're not an outsider, all right? You're actually no. a long timer in the sense yes, of definitely. Uh, lots of exposures. Have you been in any of my work before? No. Okay. no. So and in that sense, you're new to my work. Yes, I am. Yeah. And it's, it's in this workshop and it's not you yeah. and it's not the fellows in the workshop, but and I have had the experience where I felt, you know, the higher power and the fellowship, et cetera. Right. But I feel each time I participate, yeah. it feels like everybody else is on the boat and I'm not. And you're on the dock watching the boat go away. Yes, yes, yes. Get it, 100%. Now, um, Are you attending most of the workshops? All of it. Wonderful. Are you doing with some regularity and consistently the work that is assigned? Some, yes. Well, yes. tell me, when you say some, what percentage would you give uh, as a percentage of the assignments that have been given since June? 70%. Okay. All right, all right. So you're pretty connected to the work then. And um, I'm in a study group. Everybody in my, it's strange. Everybody in my study group is sort of in the same place too. It's, the same place meaning not connected? Yes. That's and a lot of them, are, yeah, yeah. And when you say you're in a study group, how many people are in it? Uh, including myself, five. 
Wonderful. That is, I'm so impressed with people that do that on the side as a sort of extra credit kind of activity, <laughs> right? No, it's wonderful. And uh, have uh, any of the other four been through the workshop before? No. Oh, so we've got the blind leading the blind, huh? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, all right. Yeah, that might be a difficulty, although with five people, you should be able to be able to share. And if you're all doing anywhere from 50 to 90% of the work, you, you, you will be helping one another. It's, I'm not criticizing it at all. I'm just observing it. And so I guess we're, you're just going to have to wait until the curtain parts. Okay. I will say last week, I was very moved when I, I don't, I can't remember the sequence of what you said, but you shared that you'd been in the seminary, you had a graduate degree, you'd been in therapy, et cetera, et cetera. And I almost got to cry when you talked about, you were thinking about being on the bridge of reason and you realized you were on the shore of faith. Yeah. I want that and I'm not there yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, I completely get that. Yes, I didn't mean to raise the bar for anybody. It was just my experience. No, I'm saying I was very moved and I was, I, I didn't explain myself. No. I've done so much no, and I'm struggling. I, I, I know, I, I think I know what you're talking about and where you're at. And I can say pretty confidently, okay, so at some point, you're going to have an experience of some kind. It might not be a mountaintop experience, but it will be an experience where the lights will just shift and there'll be a moment that will be uh, a gift where you will actually feel connected to what it is we're doing. I, I don't know when that will happen. I just know that it will happen. Thank you. I yep. keep coming back because I, when you share what you, your growth, it inspires me yeah. and what I see other people doing. Right. They change, their appearances are changing. A little bit. Yep. This is very visible. That's right. Yes, it is. Yes, yep. it is. Yep. And I want that too. Well, see, and you've spoken for a large percentage of people who haven't, you know, only 10 or 20% of the people speak up. 80% of the people don't. And those are the people that are having some of the experiences that you're just talking about. So this, I'm sure, was very helpful to an awful lot of people. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks. Um, I divorced at 24. And it took me 40 years to be able to say it was the biggest mistake of my life. Mm -hmm. And that's all I was able to say. And then this last weekend on pondering that, because I was going to put my former husband down as one of my resentments, it was revealed to me the reason that I had the affair. And it was, and it was something I never knew before about myself. I had the affair because I wanted to hurt him. I wanted to seek revenge all right all right and then and i never knew that about myself okay right. so that's interesting piece of information but in the context of the resentment inventory 
What feeling do you have when you have this awareness, this epiphany? Well, I, I sadness. I cried for four days. Nice. All right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You said we defended our self-will with a death grip. Yeah. And in that moment, I realized that I didn't go back to him because I was defending yeah. that decision sure. for, with that death grip. And it was a death grip. I get it 100%. I can I, see it even in your hand and on your face. So, I, but all right, but you're not answering the question. Okay. And can you repeat the question? Yeah. What's the feeling that's connected to all of this? Sorrow. Yeah, I heard regret and sorrow and sadness. Yes. So it's a great question and it's very creative that the, the, what I'm going to tell you, and that is, so put a resentment word aside, use the word regret and sad and sorrow and do what we're going to talk about next week in the third column from those three words, the feeling of those three words. Okay. Because okay. the real focus, as I kept sort of channeling you down the, you know, the canyon here, is what's the feeling? Because this is what we're going to be talking about. In the third and fourth column, we're going to talk about feelings of anger, but there's other feelings like grief, like sadness, like regret like guilt, like shame. And those are all grist for the mill. I'm very, you know, we're expanding our toolkit here and our consciousness. Then when we finish all of that, we're going to look at the feeling of fear and we're going to do a deep dive there. Then when we finish that, we're going to look at dishonesty and shame and do a deep dive there. Okay. So it's all about feelings. Okay. Now, I resent myself for wow. having made that decision. Yeah. How do I approach the resentment I have towards myself? See, this is wonderful organic here, consciousness on your part. Bill addresses that, as I interpret it, on page 66, after we finish the third column, or at least finish the instructions and some practice with it. He says, perhaps... It was remorse, and then we were sore at ourselves. So you'll hear people ask, can I put myself on the resentment list? And the answer is yes. The book invites it, actually. Okay. But because we need practice with doing our feelings about other people, first, okay. before we get to doing the feelings of ourselves, because we need to get some competence some practice with the worksheets that we're going to be used there. They're, um, they're very analytical and they take us in a deep dive. Okay. Um, I have a question. May I share those sheets with my therapist? Because. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. There, please. Whoever you feel it will help. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Herb. Both my children, um, like myself, have addictions, 
And so with my resentment, I, I've just this question's just come up lately. Um, do I write down their names or the addictions? Well, do you resent them or do you resent the, the uh, do you resent the addiction? I resent the addictions. Yeah. So there's your answer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I resent uh, an addiction that impacts young children. Yeah. Yeah. My young children, even. Make it personal. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Great question. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Thank you. All right. How much, because I, I want to use this time well. Well, so do, do I not, go over the stuff I've already done or do I just look no, at the major things? Wait, wait, wait. No, no. Okay. No. This is set aside. Okay. Set aside your prior work. Set aside your prior knowledge. Set aside your prior experience. This is a brand new whiteboard. It's clean. Sure. And then ask yourself, this is rhetorical now. I'm not expecting an answer, but you're welcome to give me an answer. Do you have any current resentments that are a burden to you? Um, well, let's just say I don't know if I have any new ones. I think the ones I have. Oh, wait, I didn't are ones... wait, I didn't ask new. Okay, not, yes, I do. You're already not setting it aside. Okay. You're not you're not listening to me and answering my question. You're answering the question that you think you want to answer. Answer my question. Sitting here talking to me other than me as a resentment now. <laughs> that was funny. No. Uh, do you have any current resentments that are in your consciousness? Yeah. Current. Not a memory of, but a feeling of. Yes. There you go. That's the okay. answer to your question. I, so, but but here, let me flip it around. Okay. I did this work in 1988 and 1991 and 1994. I have none, zero feeling of anger from any of the people that I reviewed. Today, so as we sit here looking at you, I haven't had a legitimate resentment by my experience for 25 years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So well, that's amazing. something's amiss with the work that you've done. If you still have resentments for the work that you've already done. Well, maybe I'm not thinking of using the right word for the resentment. I guess like it was my relationships with people. They have healed in so many ways, yeah. but there are still times that I get triggered. You uh, know what I mean? Uh, what, 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 no, yeah, I do know. I had a guy come to me and I may have mentioned it with 20 years of sobriety and he'd done some work before. And he says, Herb, they're still pressing my buttons. And I said, well, they're your buttons. Get rid of them. Right. And that's why I'm trying to do six buttons. and seven. I don't, I don't have any buttons that people press. And I haven't had buttons for 25 years. Now, do I get annoyed and irritated? Yeah, a little bit here and there. But not, not resentments. 
Yeah, I mean, I can tell that my feelings are not nearly as strong as they were years ago. For sure. You know, yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, I do see a lot of healing and I can see it right away. Yeah. Whereas in the past, I was totally clueless. Yeah, now, do. it's almost instant. I go, oh, gosh, I'm getting triggered again. It's yeah. like with my sister. I have a relationship with the sister who yeah. basically it's been a relationship on her terms. I've tried to be the big sister. I mean, I don't hear from her forever. And I'm always supposed to show up for this stuff in her life. That's important. And I do it because I know in my heart it's the right thing to do. But sometimes that feeling of like, I just would love to matter to her. And I get triggered sometimes. And she's getting married in the midst of but, COVID. But, right now, and... I, but you know what the problem is? What's that? You expect her to change. Well, no, exactly. And then that's my healing work has been that I realize she is. Why are you triggered? Because with this thing with COVID, no, no, I so no. desperately want to. Anything you say to me is going to be an excuse. Yeah, well, there's no, I mean, I, I get what there's you're no saying. Reason for you, there's no reason for you to be triggered. You have a long history with your sister and you're expecting some type of a change in the relationship because you've changed. But I feel like it's more hurt. It's not really resentment. I don't, I'm oh, not mad why are at you it. Hurt? Why are you hurt? Because you have expectations that are based on fantasy. Anyway, this is the work that we will do. Let's get right to the answer to your question. And the question really is, excuse me, let's see. The question is, what do I put onto my resentment list? You put on your current resentments. If I have done a lot of work in therapy or religion or four-step before, and I still have the resentment, the prior history is irrelevant. It's, I have this resentment for my sister, or I have this trigger with my sister, and or I have this uh, history of a reaction to my sister, and it happens to me. It has nothing to do with my sister, but it has everything to do with my sensitivity. There's something amiss with my perceptions and my expectations. So it's my current feeling that I wanna take a look at and we're gonna look underneath it at the beliefs and the motives and the sources of, so that we can bring this process to create soul surgery. That's what the Oxford group calls it. So that this can be excised so that you can walk in harmony around your sister at all times. So Herb, let me just so I understand, I, I feel like that this is spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. And that, so sometimes I get confused because it's almost like, well, you shouldn't have these feelings anymore if you really did the work. And I feel like I've done this deep looking at the root cause and what's yeah. really why That's am so. I having these feelings and it always gets back to that I'm not lovable that I'm not enough that I don't matter I mean with across the board I'm realizing yeah. well, that most of my resentments and all but, that have to do with but, feeling but, but if you're having the reactions you're still believing that so something is a uh, amiss with the work and, and and you're right I never once said should in our conversation. I never once judged it in the, in that sense, in the sense that 
the concept is very clear. No, you're going to find this very supportive of what you're saying. And that is the 10th step says very clearly in the big book on page 84. Watch for resentment and fear and dishonesty and selfishness when they crop up. Mm -hmm. Right. The 10th step, when they crop up, we never transcend our humanity. Okay. And well, I guess when you were saying you don't I, get mad anymore, if people I don't have, have resentment. No, what, I didn't say that. I said okay. I don't get resentments anymore. I did quickly follow up by saying I still am subject to annoyance and uh, irritation. Okay. Yeah. Because I keep thinking like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this work and I do feel so much more at peace. My relationship sure. has improved so much. Of course. But yet part of me says I still get triggered sometimes. And so am I doing this wrong? And well, I guess no, but the I'm very aware now. You're clearly, wonderfully aware. You're being invited by the awareness of your trigger it's an opportunity for you to go a little deeper with some work and paper, take a look at your beliefs about yourself. Because you rattled off this litany of self-loathing right. that, that you seem to be fairly attached to. Well, the forgiveness of myself has been, you know, the records of our past, all that stuff. And really my challenge with my relationship with God has been a lot of that too, you know, that worthiness, that um, feeling that connection. And it's definitely been a work in progress for me. And it's, you know, slowly and the work that you have been sharing with us has been so helpful for me with step two and three. Um, And so I guess, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I'm the slowest learner in the world, you know, 57 years old. And, but I do feel a sense of peace and you know, over time, yeah. that um, I know that this program—it's in my heart. It just is. I know that yeah. it's here, and that's why I've never left in all these years. Right, so and it's like peeling the layers of the onion. You know, I just feel like I get deeper and deeper and deeper. Not perfection, and I use the dimmer switch in terms mm-hmm. of uh, increasing the light. And um, you've probably heard me then uh, recommend the book "Forgive for Good." And if you haven't heard me or if you haven't got and read the book, now that you've got some exposure to doing this work, especially with my worksheets, you are now prepared to really read that book and get a real additional benefit from it in terms of releasing. From my standpoint, forgiveness is releasing. Okay. A decision to release. And in that decision, I am released. It's essentially steps four through nine, but he puts it in a, he, uh, Dr. Fred Luskin, puts it in a, the context of a a psychological process so that it's totally complementary to the spiritual progress and the psychological progress, the process. The dynamic is the same but the words are different. And he has some wonderful words that kind of helps me get more insight into the spiritual dynamic. And does he cover self-forgiveness in there then also? You know, I don't remember. I've read the book three times um, because that's never really been my issue. But I mean, I'm such a narcissist. I I never have to forgive myself. But anyway, that was a joke. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, So... um, I don't know, but uh, 
I, I highly recommend the book to everybody, okay. but I think you'll find it particularly good. helpful. Yeah. Sure. Well, thank you. I will, I will definitely get that. That was thank a very you. important conversation for us, but also for everybody else, because it, it, it demonstrates the kind of depth that we're going to experience. Um, so I've been through a lot of flavors and I guess sort of where I am now, it's like, okay, where am, where am I now? And I started thinking about the resentments that have built up since the last one. And then how that reveals that I'm still have new layers to, to dig into. And so most of mine, really it's fear. It's, it's underlies most of my bad behavior, I think. <laughs> um, so um, it's just, once again, looking at where I am right now and just really thinking about what resentments do I have at this moment and then kind of make a new list. Right. So that's one thing about, uh, step four it's never you're, I'm never done because you I can usually come back and say okay now what's eating me that kind of I had a clean slate for a minute and now I'm sort of you know built up some new new ones which reveal that my character defects are still sticking so um sure that's sort of where I am and thinking about step four and, and where I am and in, in starting this process in the past work that you did did you use the big book yeah, I've done the big book version. I said OA How is a very specific one with a lot of questions. That's not I've, the big book. Yes. No, I have done the, the big book method with the columns as well. Oh, okay. And what was your experience in doing that? Was it different than any, uh, any of the other experiences? Well, I definitely found it more... Um, quicker relief, more useful in the sense, I mean, I think very long one that took sort of months of elaborate questions, many of which did not apply. I think that idea was to make sure I didn't leave anything out, sure. but um, I found that to be good, really easily to get bogged down. Whereas the big book version, it was much more succinct and dealt yep. with what's eating me right now, yep. um, which is, I guess, why the benefit of continuing leads, working through the steps. It's like, sure. okay, you address this, you relieve some things. And then, you know, a year later, work and all the situations that arise it's like yeah i have some some active resentments so let's dig in on those and it's probably going to be really similar to my other other um reasons and the other things that i was um affected by in terms of how people affect me yeah um, good so all right yeah. well, make sure that you embrace the set aside attitude and prayer on a daily basis because it sounds like you have a lot of information and a lot of experience. And to the extent that you hold on to that, you will be prevented from having any new information and experience. Yes. I definitely took that message from you. And that's, that was very profound yeah. for me that I, I need to be aware of letting go of my many, you know, my last, whatever, yeah. how many years um, yeah. in the big, in the 12 step. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're reminding me to remind people that this is about an active resentment of feeling that you have right now. This isn't about prior work or, or memories of a resentment that you've dealt with and it's gone. So be cautious here about uh, taking anything off your list because you, you say to yourself, oh, I dealt with that. If it made your list right now, it's probably because you didn't deal with it. And there's probably hints of mint mm -hmm. still giving it flavor. And so don't 
take anything yeah. off the spontaneous list until I mm, have a couple workshops with you where I'm going to give you some guidelines for uh, shaping it and having a filter. All right. Okay. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So thank much. you. Yeah, that's great. Um, I got stuck for a while on uh, the question. Um, what do I really believe? And I do what I typically do when I get into an unhealthy place. And I, I thought if I can get into my laboratory and research and research, I'm going to find the answer. And it kept, it was a very circular. And the questions that kept coming, is it, part of it is a mystery. Can you accept that? Why is it so important to figure out why? I mean, I have worked myself up into such a lather and I'm getting back into um, a space of, um, I'm getting there. Um, I mean, I just got all caught up in the whole, and it came out as a resentment, I think against my Catholic faith, like against, yeah. I, so somehow it just got all wadded up in, in that. So. I'm finding a bit more freedom around that. I've been doing a lot of writing, but I mean, I really was stuck and I was like getting behind and um, you know, the assignments and I was just like, I, I just need to get to some sort of peace. And I did do the free dump. I I've gone through your course two years ago and really had a beautiful step guide. It was one of the best processes that I'd ever, 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 I mean, I think that this will be my fourth time, but wow. you talk about like, yeah, it, it was beautiful and awesome. So in my free dump, I really didn't have yes. as much, but, and I'm grateful for that, but I still loved what you just said I, that even with my step guide this time, I'm in a new spot and I'm getting so much more like yeah, so much more out of it. So I'm very, very grateful. It It's harder, but I think I have this bigger, I don't know, a, a deeper awareness or you're, something. You're more conscious. Yes, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, um, well, I mean, that's what happens if we stay faithful to our daily practice in some fashion, we become more conscious. Yes. Yeah. Now, at 20 years of sobriety, 2003, I, I felt the Spirit invite me to do the work again. I prayed, and I had somebody in mind, and I asked him, and we did the work, and we came to this level. And very much like you're saying, I mean, it sounded to me like an echo of my own experience. And um, I said to him, after a week of meditating, and I don't have any resentments, Mark. Um, I, I stay pretty good in my daily meditation and in my 10-step practice. And I talk to my sponsor on a regular basis. And I have a partner in my wife. And we have transparency. So I really don't have any resentments. Pause. And he said, Herb, try a couple new words. Who annoys you? Who irritates you? Oh, Right on the line, I got 10 names on the paper. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even the church one just came flooding out in a... Yeah. Less of a small one. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yes. 
use I use the word duped. I mean, I felt I feel duped, but that's as far as I'll go into that. Well, well that'll well, be no, I mean it's it's your feeling right now. That's yeah. your that's your uh, representation of the feeling of anger that you have. Yes. That's to don't don't second guess it. Don't back away from it. Yeah. That's, that's authentic. That's the way you feel. And now we're going to do a deep dive into what's underneath that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. It's um, now when you said you've done the work four times, you mean the step four or do you mean the workshop? No, this is my second time with you, but I've done. Uh, yeah. Um, this will be my fourth step for going through the yeah. inventory. Yeah, the first time I did an autobiography, that was the direction of my sponsor in my first year. I didn't get anything out of it, although it kept me around and it was fine. It was busy work and I it was a script and I didn't see any truth. I didn't know that at the time. But then in four years, what I've talked about regularly here of sobriety in 1988, I engaged a man who knew what he was doing and he began to help me unpack step four, but it was three different journeys through the steps with three different people giving me three different perspectives on it that I've now amalgamated into a process that I'll be sharing with you so that you're getting the real benefit of, of the power of all of that accumulated knowledge and experience. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you very much. I, I have a list of names, um, but I have to admit, I've gone through this five times, and this is where my journey ends every time because Why I get. What's that? I'm sorry. Why is that? Um, shame, embarrassment. I, I, as soon as I get the names down and I start writing why I'm resentful, I feel really stupid and immature for even having the feelings and then i'm like you know i'm fine i i realize i'm it's me and i'm i'm fine i don't have a problem and then i just drop off <laughs> yeah and you said you started this five times and you dropped off five times right well this is the fifth so okay, so, so what's going to be different this time i don't know i mean i have the account no, no you do know you do know please I feel like it's the accountability accountability of this group and my study group to keep me coming. Oh, you're in the study group. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. That that will probably help a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All and it's right. a great group, and I don't think they'll let me not show up. But well, you still have a choice of turning away, but it's kind of like I go to the dermatologist about every four months. It's the kind of skin I have. And they do a little freeze and a little cut and a little whatever they do every four or five months, you know, because um, they find little things that are not a problem. But if I didn't go, they would become a problem. You have cancer. It's a spiritual cancer tiny or it's somewhat annoying but you can deal with it as you have been dealing with it but every time you look at it or every time you have exposure to something that cancer mm, comes knocking on your door and it it is metastasizing without your knowing it right that, i can feel it i can uh -huh. feel it. i feel it yeah 
the, the Oxford group called this work soul surgery. And so I'm so glad, number one, you're telling on yourself. Number two, that you have an active relationship with the sponsor. And number three, that you're in this cohort, this smaller cohort. I think that might be the key for you to come across the goal line this time. Okay. Any uh, questions about any of that? No. All right. Thank you for your, uh, your transparency. I'm, I'm trying to understand um, on page 63 in the first paragraph, it talks about um, performing his work well. Yes. As long as we stay close and perform his work well. Yes. Can you help me understand that? Because um, I think so, yeah. You know, my understanding is that I make my plans for the day and the idea is to consistently be of service and think of others and um and that i um you know i i fortunately do get a lot of directed thinking um and i've established that for a, a, quite a while and thank you to my higher power for that and um Sometimes it's on the line of go do this. Very rarely, it's more spiritual kinds of stuff to me. So, um, and sometimes about somebody else to, for me to like intercessory. But I'm just wondering, have I explained the question well enough? Oh yeah, no, no. It's a it's it, it's really the heart of a wonderfully philosophical question that has plagued human beings that think about deep things for thousands of years yeah well really seriously well what, i get what I is it and what's it about and you know what's the meaning of it and what's my purpose right sure well i'm a deep thinker that's why i'm laughing yeah. well yeah. yeah no i i know and, and 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 that's why i love the phrase in that in the promises on page 63 and then just let me be put it in the context for everybody else it says um being all-powerful, God will provide what I need if I keep close to God and perform God's work well. And my answer to the question is going to take just a little bit of putting it into context and come to then your own conclusions. Mm -hmm. On page 68, he says, we are on a, a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust infinite God rather than our finite selves. We are in the world to play the role God assigns. Mm -hmm. Wow. The man who took me through the work the third time said, turn that statement into a question, Herb. Uh, mm -hmm. It had never been given to me before. I was 10 years sober, and I turned it into this question. What is the role that God has assigned me? He said, ask the question, but don't answer it until you finish your ninth step. Because mm -hmm. the answer will be given to you. It is such an important question because look at the next line. And we'll look at this when we come to the fear inventory, but I'm honoring your question because it's such a great question. And it might give a context for doing this work, actually. Just to the extent that we do, as we think God would have us, and humbly rely on God, does God enable us to match calamity with serenity? Oh, if I want peace, 
I need to find out what my purpose is and do it. Our real, on page 77, our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. And then finally on page 102, your job now is to be at the place where you may be of maximum helpfulness to others. Mm-hmm. And then to wrap it up on page uh, 59, the steps are listed. And step 11 said, sought through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact, praying for the knowledge of God's will for me and the power to carry that out. So as you indicated in your morning meditation, you ask for guidance. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's with regard to your own personal development, but many times it might be for helping other people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. My, my answer to that after my experience with the steps, but also more especially after I did a study on happiness in the world of psychology about three years ago, every, of, every one of the 10 books that I read coming out of statistically significant psychological studies concluded that if you want to be happy, and that's your goal, you will never be happy. But as a human being, happiness is a byproduct, not a product. It's a byproduct of our relationship with reality, figuring out the context of our life. What is the meaning of the world and, the, um, and, and uh, our relationship with it mm-hmm. and making a contribution to other people? Yeah. The two things a relationship to reality, a a meaning broader than ourselves, and number two, a contribution to other people, which I really thought about as steps 11 and 12. A long answer to a very profound question, but it's worth, I think it's worth spending the time on. Did it help? (laughs) Oh yeah, that was extremely helpful. And I I have to stay inside because of COVID um, and my um, medical issues. So the way that I, I just want to know what you think of this. I mean, it works for me mm-hmm. uh, in terms of not being, in terms of my illness and not being um, self-obsessed um, and, you know, helping others. Sometimes that'll mean for me doing the dishes so that I can. Um, yep. Okay. You get the drift. A whole, a whole bunch. My, okay. my, my uh, you, you mentioned of the amends, my living amends to my wife without ever telling her was anytime I came home at night after she was in bed and there were dishes in the sink, I would clean them up. I would make sure that the kitchen was pristine because she really liked a clean kitchen when she woke up, but she was because she was physically challenged. Uh, she didn't have the energy to finish yeah. it before I got home. Now, for five years, I did that, and she never mentioned it. Wow. I know. Finally, she said, oh, by the way, thanks for doing the dishes. <laughs> Did she think it was one of the kids? <laughs> no, no. She said that to me. No, we didn't have yeah, the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that'll teach you love and service, right? <laughs> well, no, the whole point of it was, though, uh, you said the doing the dishes. That's part of your contribution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you meant by it, right? Oh, absolutely. But I, 
I'm intentional in my attitude about it rather than, oh, it's my job and I'm just, you know, because that's, I need to do service. Right. I mean, I need to have that attitude all day long is what I'm saying. And, and yeah, so it's not just talking to other um, addicts and, and um, other, the other programs that I'm in all day long. Thank you so much. My history with the fourth step is um, I've done many, I don't know how many, and um, the two character defects that I remember being extraordinarily helpful were that um, I thought of myself as poor white trash and somebody pointed out that that was a character defect. So that was stunningly uh, transforming. And then another was comparing myself to others. And that was another stunning experience to, and my family and my children. Um, but I was so excited when you said, um, you can go back 20 years. And I just got, I don't know why that was so exciting to me, but I, I feel like I have these resentments that have gone on and, and I didn't cover them in other I did an autobiography like you and the, the, my sponsor actually went to sleep when I, uh, so <laughs> that's a real helpful, but I, um, so I was listing these all enthusiastically and they are sort of like a boyfriend that kisses well, you know, that isn't good for you. Uh, all my fight, flight and, and freeze um, positions, but and then I took it to my sacred sisters group and they said, whoa, you know, I'm not sure you're supposed to go back that far, or that detail. Well, first, let me just answer the question. It's not about history. So you're really bringing up a, a really good point here for the group. It's not about history when it happened because it's about your feeling right now. Right now, I have a feeling. Oh, it was generated yesterday or it was generated 50 years ago. Doesn't matter when it was generated. I have the feeling now about the person or the circumstance. So the timing is irrelevant. Well, you know, and being the chameleon, the group, and those, they were, I felt like they were saying, um, and, and then this is, of course, my interpretation. I'm doing something wrong and, and uh, okay, well then I'm gonna draw the metamorphosis. I'm gonna sketch that on paper and this is gonna be the big caterpillar and I'm gonna put all these old time. You're making it too difficult. You're making oh. it way too difficult. Too many oh. words and, and the group is incorrect in interpreting my instructions. I never once said 20 years. I said that. I uh, that's what I remembered. Okay, so it's okay. And then I thought, well, I'll just connect the dots to these because I already made a a connection to what I do now in my artwork compared to what happened in kindergarten. You're making it. You're making it too complicated and too many words. It's really simple. Make a list of the people or the institutions or the circumstances with whom you have a resentment. That's all. Okay. A list, a simple list. Sam, Tom, Nancy, mom, dad, husband, children. Okay. Well, I've already got 28 and I, and I only did, you know, years, uh, four to 15 years old. And I was going to take it in decades, which is a lot because I'm almost. Well, it might be helpful for you to do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, we, it's a radar sweep you're doing. Yes. And, yes. and I really liked it. And, and maybe they're little dots, but I think that I can connect the dots and, and do more sweeping strokes. And that's- I think it will be valuable. Yes. I think it's very important to me. And um, I'm just so excited about it. And I also feel an urgency. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be 78 and I- I want to get this right, uh, but I, you know that also adds pressure. And then I go, I want to get this right, but you know, just relax. You don't want to be hemorrhoidal about this. And um, so I, I really want the just right balance between being thorough and comprehensive. But well, here's what's going to happen, and I'm going to give you a big picture, so to kind of give you a little relief. Okay. I'm, I'm encouraging you to do the radar sweep and you do it in whatever fashion you feel connected to and helpful, good. But in the final analysis, I'm going to suggest to you and everyone else that you take a look at your list from your radar sweep and you choose 10. Oh, nice, okay. Or, or 20 at a max. Okay. So like a big sweeping net and catch as many fish as you can, but then you only keep the biggest ones. The okay. juicy ones. The juicy ones with stripes and pretty colors. Okay. Okay, uh, sure. If the pretty colors, the juicy ones, the ones that you really want, because you know what, as Richard Rohr says, what we do any one place, we do every place. You analyze five or 10 or 20, you will have analyzed them all. Well, I am just really excited about being let out of the cage of the yeah. traps of all these. I understand yeah. there's another side way beyond my wildest expectations. And I don't really have to worry about it too much because if I ask for guidance and uh, the step aside thing, you know, to open my mind, which isn't easy for me. Uh, my husband pointed out today, um, <laughs> I, uh, I really am looking forward to it with a lot of enthusiasm and an adventure and really a freeing experience. So um, I don't know, I don't look at it as surgery. I look at it as a very wonderful whitewater raft scary yeah. Yeah. Uh, adventure yeah. and yeah. Uh, it's going to be that, and at the same time, I'll be very curious, once we have the uh, exposure to and some traction with the column three work that we'll look at, begin to look at next week, in two or three weeks, I'll be very interested in your take on it then. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Oh, I'm, I'm totally supporting what you're doing, and I, your enthusiasm is more than going to be warranted by the outcome you're going to experience. Thank you. Oh, oh one you last thing. You can't even imagine. You can't even imagine. I have one last ask, uh, question for you that was in a, in a fourth step that we did. And this comes from the belief that AA men come in with megalomaniacs and you have to trim them, tap them down. And women come in with feeling like they're less than and so to focus on our defects is often not particularly helpful and to to focus on assets is important so is there any room for assets no none at all okay thank you <laughs>
I'm not going to argue with you, but. Okay. <laughs> That's good. That's a good choice on your part. <laughs> <laughs> I recognize that now. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Great sense of humor. That's excellent. Thank you. I have a couple of questions. Um, one is kind of a, I think, a simple one from page 64. Uh, we listed people, institutions, or principles. Can you kind of give a few examples of what you consider principles? Then? You know, I asked my step guide in 1988 that very question because uh, I couldn't see it then. And quite frankly, I still really don't see it in any type of live real uh, way for myself. <clears throat> but he said to me, his response, now, this was the CEO of Black & Decker, a Fortune 500 company. So he was a very bright, very tough-minded, very experienced guy. And this was 1988. For the women on the line, I'm preparing you for what I'm about to say. <laughs> he said he really, really rankled at the whole thought of equal rights for women. Now, that's the kind of guy he was. He was a male chauvinist of the worst kind back in the day. And But, I mean, he had done some spiritual work, and he had dealt with it, but that was his example of a principle, uh, equal rights for women. Now, it might be that you have a, mm, I had a, the, a possibility of a irritation with uh, just the very thought of rigorous honesty. It's kind of like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. I mean, I really don't. But I, to, to, to say that I really had hostility or anger or legitimate resentment toward it, not really. So I, I don't spend much time talking about it. It's probably beneficial enough to talk about people because the majority of people have problems with people. Some people have real specific deep rage about institutions. One of the people mentioned the Catholic Church, and there's lots of people that have been completely abused or disabused by the, the Catholic Church uh, or any type of uh, traditional religion. Um, or it might be that you've had a really, really bad experience with the IRS or with the military service or some political organization, or the, you, you can see the relevancy of institutions. But I think if we stay with people, we keep it really relevant, we keep it really simple, we keep it really practical. And then, as I said, once we unpack that, we probably unpack our beliefs and our motives in every other way. Yeah, I appreciate that. So I won't sweat it. I'll just, if something gets Correct. Revealed, that yeah. would be my bottom line. <laughs> I don't have a principle. You know, and this, this thing you said, um, Look at your own life. Your history has produced your current life. You are 100% responsible for your life as it is today. That makes this whole process make so much more sense. I do have a history of some, you know, some bad abuse stuff. Um, sure. yeah. and, and we all have got stuff. And it feels like so much of that is current. But anyway, it certainly matters. But in this process, it's you're saying it's really sort of feelings based or emotions based? Yes, or, yes, yeah. yes, actually. See, it's not about the event. The event, don't dismiss it. Mm -hmm. It's just, it, it needs to be addressed by you. The event was important and formative and deformative. But now today, 
It's about your reaction about the event. Yeah, okay. Do you, you were really clear saying primarily you, I think, did you say you were shame-based? Is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah. What, maybe I'll just keep listening, but if you have any insight you can share today, how does that get revealed or how did it get revealed for you? Like, uh, to know kind of what your primary Dishonesty. Pardon me? Looking at my dishonesty. Oh, and yeah. and there are various aspects of the analytical process that we will go through in the resentment inventory that will deeply reveal dishonesty, but also in the fear and the sex inventory. And then at the very end, I actually have a personal exercise I give people because I think it's so important um, on looking at dishonesty. So it's a, it's a big issue. And maybe I've made it a big issue because it's a big one for me. Okay. Yeah. You know, this is just my little uh, nagging question. And uh, just to close out here with, uh, I have such an interest in letting this be thorough, you know, and what, what can assure that this is a thorough inventory or what could I not do that would not let it be as thorough as it can be right now? Yeah. If you try too hard, <laughs> you'll get in your own way. But if you show up with this kind of conversation and this kind of vulnerability and you use the set aside prayer and you're willing to experiment with the instructions that I will be giving and willing to be embarrassed because you don't know what you're doing and talk about it anyway, you're going to be just fine. Beautiful. Oh, thank you. I will leave it at that with much gratitude. Thanks, Herb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad we had the conversation because it's probably very reassuring to everybody else on the line. So I like what you said, though, about the sweep, just kind of do a sweep and then yep. pick out like the top 10 or, or whatever, 20 or whatever. I think that's, yeah, I think that's going to be super helpful. Yeah, it's best to do a dump onto the list and not pre-select. But then when you have a list, as somebody mentioned, they have uh, maybe 30, 40, 50, 60 names already, and they're not even through half their life. Um, it's about finishing making the list and then doing the radar sweep to pick out the ones that you really want to focus on, maybe 10. The range is 10 to 20. Right. Okay. I thought I dumped this resentment, and now it's kind of creeping up the same thing day of my life. So it's... Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, again, it's a process. And so you've taken a look at it, you've uh, trimmed some of the cancer away, but you didn't get it all. And now it, you're going to use a different, stronger micro lens, and you're going to be able to see more of the cancer and, and trim it out. My suspicion is that you're going to uh, have a broader, deeper experience this time, just because you've already uh, got some traction. Yes. All right. All right. Thank you, Herb. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, I looked up all the definitions um, around inventory, anger, resentment, fear, infidelity, dishonesty, and secrets. Um, and I've begun to do my column one list of persons, you know, that dump you've just been talking about um and it was um 
very good in that when I was doing the definitions, it was very hard to get a good definition of fear other than an uncomfortable emotion. Mm. Um, I would very much be a person in the fight category when my emotions are, you know, my instinct is to attack, you know, um, retaliate first. Um, And, you know, with the work, and I was a listener last year, I am now in a position where I can feel that I am feeling the emotion. I'm able to sit with the uncomfortableness. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm able to let it pass and then be more rational in my behaviors. (laughs) In your analysis also, more rational in terms of objective, looking at it, uh, where you detach from the feeling a little bit enough to kind of like do an evaluation of it. Yeah, excellent, yeah. Live, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I was very heavily criticized recently in my work um, Mm -hmm. by senior people and was able to sit there, take it, you know, um, did my justification as best I could at the time, did a follow-up communication with them, but in a very measured way, mm-hmm. you know, and in actual fact on the reflection, they've actually been doing me a favor. So I'm able to get the appreciation and that has been very powerful for me. Um, whereas before I would have gone into an orbital spin. Of well, it sounds like it's already had an impact then on changing your behavior. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I couldn't agree more. Herb. Oh. Yeah. 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 Very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but recognizing that whole mm-hmm. aspect around fight, mm-hmm. you know, feeling that blood rush and, and yeah. being able to quell it. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. And therefore, mm-hmm. I'm not as living awry as I was um, because certainly my life today is of my own making. Mm. And, and I have to be, and I'm very grateful for the very good bits that are in it. You know, my gratitude is a very high. Yeah, yeah. If you can, ex- if each of you could just accept that as an area to explore, whether you agree with it or not, it sounds to me like already in agreement with um, what we've talked about and are having an experience with it. But I'm speaking now to the people who are going, yeah, Herb, but you don't really understand. Yeah, no, I really do understand because I've heard the stories for 25 years. It sounds to me like not only have you heard what I've said, but you're, you're accepting it and you're experimenting with it. And it's actually changing you at this early stage. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah, that's impressive. That's very so impressive. whilst my performance was being called to question um, in my work, in mm. actual fact, what they've given me is permission to work far easier for myself. Mm. Wonderful. It, Wonderful. It, it's, you know, but I wouldn't have been able to see that before. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Of course, no, you were defend- too busy defending yourself. Defending, yes. And getting yeah. the heckles, I always call them my heckles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. When we- It's hard to see clear when you're looking through red. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, Herb. 
Yeah. yeah wow wonderful well you're you're probably going to have a very experience then now that you're applying what we're doing to your own personal life yeah, yeah. i'm trying but i yes it's, yeah. it's great and and quiet time and you know just the practicals mm-hmm. you know to to practice the behaviors you know yeah. the routines and the ritual it's very very good and the prayer that I noticed is um, some of the people on my list, um, though the anger has dissipated, I'll use that word because it probably hasn't totally, but um, I'm sitting in the sadness of it. And I was talking to somebody in an outreach call and they said to me, well, what's wrong with that? (laughs) It's okay to be sad and grieve about the whole thing. Um, I think- Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I keep uh, going back to, well, I wish it could be different. Well, that's fantasy. I'm not dealing with the reality of it. Um, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate um, this workshop and you bring forward really the reality, like what you just said today about how my life is exactly comes from my choices. Yeah. Um, So in order for me, I have contentment now. I never had that before. Um, So I'm very careful about my choices now, who I let in, who I don't let in. Um, And then I don't have to deal with anger and resentment. And I love what you said about living in 10, 11, and 12. Because if I'm doing that, then there's my solution. That is my tool uh, for dealing with um, people (laughs) Uh, and myself, dealing with myself because I'm faced to look at it. I love what you said about fact finding, um, you know, and then face it. So uh, actually I uh, never looked at the steps that way, um, but Um, I'm happy that you pointed that out. You've stimulated a lot of thought uh, for me to compliment your share with, and that is if, in fact, you've done the work like you have and you've reduced the big resentment down to something else, some irritation in you. See, that was my experience when I said to my step guide the fourth time, I said, I don't have any resentments. And and he said, Herb, why don't you try two different words then? Try irritation and annoyance. Well, I got 10 people right away. As soon as I used a different word, because it wasn't a heavy, heavy resentment anger. No, no, it was just mosquitoes, you know, and but still it was indication to me that something's amiss with my processing. If I get annoyed, like um, step 10 says, if I'm disturbed, it's a spiritual axiom. There's something wrong with me. Well, you don't totally get rid of that because yes, we, you do. Yes, you, you do. do. Yeah. We live in the human condition, though. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd be perfect. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Just having some fun. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, and I, I had somebody come to me oh, a year or so ago, and, and he said, and he's got 30 years of sobriety, and he said, and he's done the work, and uh, he said, Herb, Herb, they keep pressing my buttons, and I just looked at him, and I said, well, whose buttons are they? Oh, they're my buttons. I said, well, then get rid of the buttons, then they can't press them. You see, I've surgically had surgically removed most of the buttons. It's very, very difficult for me to get disturbed or annoyed or irritated anymore. It happens. As you just said, we're not perfect. We're never perfect. But man, the buttons have either been reduced or eliminated. Well, I have situations um, that I have to go and talk to somebody about because the feeling is, I don't know what to do. How do you handle this? And you used the word to me, how do I clean this up? And sometimes yeah. I just don't know. Yeah, right. I have sponsors, guides, and therapists, and good friends. Yeah. yeah. So it just yeah. work in my program. Exactly. Yeah. At the same time, you also uh, stimulated me to say this to everybody. If this is your first rodeo, this is your first time doing uh, step four out of the book, especially, you might have done it some other way, and that's fine. But if this is your first time doing it out of the book, and you're intentionally looking at anger, don't be surprised if you feel more anger than you're normally used to. Don't be surprised if you erupt spontaneously and surprise yourself in a very uncomfortable social situation, and you, you kind of like, oh, my God. Did I really say that out loud? Because you are now consciously delving into the unconscious and you're, you know, you've taken the manhole cover off of the sewer line and the sewer will overflow without your permission. So I'm just, it may not happen to you, but I'm giving you a little early warning that perhaps you be a little more circumspect, make sure you get enough rest and stay in prayer. But if, in fact, you experience something embarrassing from an expression of your anger that you wouldn't normally have experienced, this is probably not an excuse for it, but a reason for it. Very much so. I learned in the fourth step, it's all about my reaction to things. It has nothing to really to do with the other person, correct? That is my experience with it, yes. Okay, that's fine. It's like cleaning up my side of the street, which I like. I like that. But yeah. what, I, what I didn't learn or what I don't think I got out of it is why am I still self-centered? Why do I have this strong will? You know, why I have, why do I have these issues with relationships that, um, you know, the fear, you know, why, why doesn't this stuff go away? No, <laughs> no, no, because in step 10, it says we're not cured. We have a daily reprieve of our self-centeredness. Now, uh -huh. Does it get modified? Does it get diminished? Absolutely. Does it get eliminated? Absolutely not. So um, I'm looking forward to heal. I want to be healed. I'm looking for the healing within yeah. me. And somebody just said that it's my insides. Hold that as your mantra and as your vision. I want inside healing because that's what happens. Okay. Not, not on the outside. Yes, sure, there are some visible things that may happen that will represent change. But the most exciting part for me was the organic, radical, internal change that takes place that's permanent.
Right. And for me, I think it's important because then I can do the God's work. Well, then you can do God's work. I can do God's work because I have, <laughs> I can do what he wants me to do. I can be the person he wants me to be. But right, right now I'm so worried about what you're, I'm a chameleon too. I got these fears, but anyway, I don't want to go on. There's a lot of other people. I'm, I'm just. No, we're, we're, we're bringing it to closure. It's wonderful to end with you. We're, but think of the St. Francis prayer. He talks about becoming a channel. Okay. See, that's what you're talking about. Becoming a channel of grace, a channel of God, a channel of light. But we have to clean the channel out of these obstacles. And this step four is the Roto-Rooter. Okay, I'm ready. I know what that is. <laughs> I've done toilets before. There you go. There you go. All right. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Let's pray the mm, serenity prayer. God. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Wisdom, that's our goal here, to know better and then eventually to do better. Thanks, everybody.